0: The Marks-ish Brothers Podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. Uh, and this week we're talking about the 2023 movie, The Creator. But before we get into that, I do have uh, a bit of news. So, well, there's this actually quite a bit of news. So the uh, first little bit that I have, so like with the, you know, WGA uh, coming off the strike, which we talked about last week, this uh, kind of came out that the uh, WGA was uh, standing in support with SAG uh, aftra which is good to see. And yep. they're basically saying, "Don't do a cookie cutter deal that you gave us, because we're, like we're going to support like the actors no matter what kind of thing," yeah. uh, which I thought was a good thing. We haven't really heard much from the actors, or at least I haven't uh, read anything. Have you seen anything about like the actors? They're supposed to meet, Mon last Monday, this Monday.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard. Yeah, I, I heard there's there talk they're supposed to be happening, but I didn't hear about any progress made or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Um, this one, uh, a little bit of news I wanted to hear your opinion on, because uh, you, you're a big Star Trek guy, and that's that uh, Patrick Stewart wants to do another Star Trek movie. What's uh, what's your opinion on that?
1: Uh if if they can find a way that works, I know like they 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 finished season three of Picard I think last year. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I I, I haven't watched any of Picard. The newest Trek I've watched is Stranger Worlds, which I've enjoyed so far. Um. But yeah, if they can make it work, or almost like a. Well, because like also like, Trek is hit and miss when, when it comes to to fit to film, like very hit or miss. Isn't like, it
0: like always the classic thing that like every second movie it's good and the like yeah like one's the, uh, bad one's good kind of thing.
1: Yeah, the even numbers are, are are good, the odd numbers are bad. Um, is is how the saying goes. Um, even though, you know, you that, know that, that's not quite true. There's a few outliers, but still, over ten over ten films, there's yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if they can find s- s- something that works, I I just think it's real, Star-, Star Trek doesn't really like. It doesn't work well as a movie. Like it, I think just because the nature of the stories, like it, it can do do well as a movie. I've I, I've enjoyed other films I've watched from Trek. I haven't like. Even the ones that, that are considered bad, I still don't mind. Like, mm-hmm. like number one, like um, the the, the motion picture guy gets a a, a, a a bad rap, but like if you think of it more of like two thousand one instead of Star Wars, it's actually a good like it's a good it's a good picture. But, right. Um, Star Trek. Yeah. W- what was that? You said Star Wars, not Star Trek. No, but I mean, I, I mean, like when it when it comes to like storytelling and like okay. how like. It's more It's more of a t- 2001 sci-fi than, like, a Star Wars sci-fi. Okay. It's not, it's not, okay. It's not, a, it's not an action pic- picture. It's a right. philosophy, the human condition, in how we see ourselves in space.
0: It's, it's more episodic in that sense.
1: Yes. It, it, it's more of, like, a, yeah, definitely. Definitely, okay. for sure. Well, thanks so. for
0: your opinion, because, yeah, I'm, I, I've watched a few st- like bits and pieces of Star Trek, but uh, I think you've seen a lot more than I have. I've uh,
1: watched almost two full series of, Trek,
0: so. I have watched bits and pieces of Next Generation, and that's it.
1: I'm <laughs> um, the last season of of Next Generation now, so
0: classic. Uh, next thing, uh, this is just kind of a fun little thing because we both like the show. So the Community movie, uh, it is swapping locations to um, Atlanta from L. A. just to make sure that Donald Glover is going to be in it, which makes me happy because Donald Glover was by far my favorite character in uh, Community.
1: Hell yeah, the show does like. When he leaves the show, it doesn't feel the same. No,
0: like he just brings like a particular energy, and just his chemistry uh, with Abed just is perfect.
1: It's like Abed's such a worse character with no Troy.
0: Yeah, because like, cause, cause he just loses his humanity, right?
1: Yeah. So it's
0: yeah uh, yeah. I'm happy to see that because I think that uh, Don Glover is a good, creative, and talented actor and musician, and just in general, talented person. Very true. So there's also just like kind of random movie news. This one uh, has a little bit more debate tied to it. Okay. So Chris Rock is set to uh, direct a oh. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> biopic. What's your thoughts on this?
1: I liked Selma. I think in a different age, did a, did a great MLK biop- biopic semi recently. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a good figure, so I would. I wonder if this one like depends on what, what, what they do with it, because I think if they, if they do a lot of like the post civil rights act, like more of like his like Vietnam, like opposition stuff. Yeah, where we became a lot more like left, like where we became a full on socialist. Mm-hmm. That'd be great,
0: but. But do you think Chris Rock could do that? Because he's not really much of a socialist. Like, right now he's doing the whole anti-woke thing, right? Like, he's... Uh, yeah. Uh, I was reading, like, an interview with him from, like, nine years ago where he was talking about, like, oh, you, you can't say anything nowadays. Everyone's always offended. And that was nine years ago, right? And oh, if he was, he's he's, he's still ahead. saying that now.
1: Already ahead of that trade. Then, like, I don't know. Because, like, again, like, I think, like, there, there are st- 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 stuff about his... About... MLK's life that would work that have hasn't haven't been touched on in media
0: mm-hmm
1: I mean like his so, socialism like, exactly like <laughs> he's freaking like yeah like he's his yeah his, his his socialism his potentially being killed by the FBI like <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff to touch to touch on that hasn't been touched on
0: yeah the, the only issues is will uh Will he touch on it? Right? Cause he's, yeah. not, he's not really much of a leftist himself. I don't so. think
1: Chris Rock would be that person. Like someone like Boots but- but- or like any other left-wing filmmaker, Nia N- 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 costa, maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But. So yeah, I, it's just interesting. I uh, guess we'll see what happens with that. My yeah. last little little bit uh, of fun news, because I know that you really liked this movie, is that the Mad Max prequel, uh, Frioja, is uh, looking to premiere. Furiosa. Okay, well, see, <laughs> so you, you're you're more of the fan than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's set to premiere at Cannes in 2024. So, are you excited for this?
1: I I am excited. I, I, I'll be going to Con, but I'll definitely be watching the film when it comes out theatrically. Nice. Um,
0: You're going to go to Con? Wow, I'm shocked. I thought you were know, a billionaire right? who could just jet off to Con
1: for a weekend. That that's me. Um, yeah, known,
0: known billionaire Cameron
1: Claussen. That's me. Uh, Mad Max Fury is one of, is one of my favorite 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 films. It's one of the best action films of the last 20, of the last forty years. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and it's a prequel. And I think Alina like, Taylor joins the lead, I think. Like has a, a solid cast. Chris Hemsworth filmed filmed again in Australia by George Miller. It's the same creative team. I'm very curious how this one is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll be there day one. Nice. If, 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 I'm all aboard the Mad Max Fury Road Train. It's been too long since I've seen it, actually. But, uh, I mean, it's been a year, maybe, since I've seen it. <laughs> Like we
0: discussed last week, I still have not seen it, but I will have to see it sometime soon. You've given me a Blu-ray, so I, I have no excuse not to watch it.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I got the steelbook, so...
0: Classic. Do, is it in 4K, or is it just Blu-ray? No, it's Blu-ray, bl- Blu-ray sadly. Classic. Um, Very my, my last little bit is just a, a tip of the cap, and that's to uh, Drew Carey, of all people. Uh, during the writer strike, he basically had an open tab at two restaurants for any card-carrying member of the Writers Guild. Hell yeah. So o- over, like, the the strike, basically he paid roughly $20,000 a day to feed writers, which uh, basically helped the strike go a lot longer because people could just eat for free for the duration of the strike. So... Hats off to, to someone actually doing something with their wealth rather than just uh, padding their own pockets. i so.
1: love to see it. Based Drew Carey.
0: So that, that, that's my little little t- tip of the cap. Good, good job, Drew Carey, at, at doing something decent. For Hell yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: anyways, why don't we get into The Creator? So yeah, the, the trick we're about The Creator, it's written written by Gareth Edwards, co-written by Chris Whites Welts. Uh stars John David Washington, Gemma Chan, Ken Watanabe, Allison Johnny Janie, um shot by Greg Fraser, f- uh friend of the podcast, and uh Oren Soffer. M- 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 music is by Han Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh budget of eighty million, box office of thirty five point three million so far. It finished third in its opening weekend. This we- this weekend was the Saw Patrol weekend. <laughs> uh Paw Patrol, Mighty Movie made twenty two point eight million, and Saw X made eighteen point three million. And and how much did this movie make? Fourteen, so four million less than Saw, and eight million less than Paw Patrol. I mean,
0: considering that this is not a like IP, like already established property, that's pretty yeah. good, I would say. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, there wasn't much fanfare from like my. I don't know. In Winnipeg, like there wasn't much hype around it or anything that I heard. So I'm glad to see at least get some money, I guess.
1: Yeah, it did better than it. Yeah, it made like almost half its budget back internationally, world in its first weekend. So that's not terrible.
0: Yeah, but there are reasons for that, which we'll get into. So, but before we get into some of the more, uh, I guess, deeper aspects that I want to discuss, why don't we discuss more like the technical aspects? First and foremost, why don't we discuss like the cinematography and like the set pieces which I think were absolutely absolutely gorgeous. Like this is the first movie uh that oh what's his face? What's his name? The director.
1: Gareth okay, Edwards?
0: Thank you. Yes. It's the first movie they done they's done since Rogue One which was what 7 years ago.
1: Yeah, and even Rogue One like he didn't like he he wasn't on for reshoots. It was Tony Gilroy who did re- who like who who reshot most of that movie. So, however much of that movie is is Gareth Edwards is kind of up to, uh, up to history.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I'm sure we'll get into this, but this movie feels to me like him trying to say the story he wanted to say in Rogue One, because there's a lot of parallels to the two films.
1: Yep. Definitely.
0: Definitely a yeah. lot of, like, Vietnam parallels and uh, U.S. imperialism kind of stuff. So, definitely something we can discuss, but... Ultimately, what I take away from Gareth Edwards is that he should just be a cinematographer because he knows how to craft beautiful, beautiful shots. And sometimes his directing takes uh, not the best approach. <laughs> like when yeah. it comes to stuff like dialogue and stuff like that, a yeah. little clunky. But there's like some sequences and shots in this movie that are among the best I've ever seen in a sci fi movie or in a movie in general. Yeah. yeah. It's. And I think that's really his talent is work. And like uh, the budget of this movie was quite low. Uh, I was reading an article and basically this whole movie was shot on a camera. That's only $4,000, which for people who, I don't, maybe don't know anything about film cameras. They're like, Oh, $4,000. That's pretty expensive. Most cinema cameras are like $50,000 to (laughs) $100,000. Like cinema cameras are expensive. So the fact that he did this on a $4,000 camera, which is like, relatively accessible to most people is very impressive because because what was it 80 million dollars for this movie
1: yeah 80
0: how much was indiana jones
1: (laughs) wasn't it like like over 300 million yeah
0: and i this looks significantly better than the new indiana jones movie Uh, i was listening to a podcast that basically described like how he made this movie and unlike like a marvel movie where they'll basically just kind of shoot it and then they'll like add CGI and then they'll shoot it again and like that kind of stuff. Basically this movie was shot and edited before they did any CGI. So basically the movie was done and then they added the CGI. Huh. Uh, so it like trimmed the fat and like made it so, like you kind of like just have to work within it, uh, which made it a lot cheaper and it's a very interesting process, which I'm intrigued to see how that'll affect blockbusters in the future what, what are your thoughts on, on kind of the more technical aspects of like the cinematography and sh- stuff like that
1: yeah especially hearing, hearing how that how those vfx happened. that was pretty interesting like i feel like i feel like because like with with marvel and other blockbusters i know like dc is being very very like planning ahead with superman like, legacy and beyond mm-hmm. like James Gunn was showing, was was tweeting about the art department because now James Gunn is back in the office because obviously he's for, yes, he's a co-CEO of DC Studios, also a WJ member, I'm quite sure. Okay. So, um, like, they're just being good about making sure, like, like a a very good art department, making sure what they want before they even think about VFX and filming. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's the way we're way the future because like obviously like, probably I I don't think that studios love to print money.
0: Yeah, and what I'm very impressed is that they gave like Edwards the ability to just do what he wants, like be it a true artur. You don't really yeah. see a whole lot of times where a director is just able to do what they want to do, and I think that the ability that he was like able to do this for under a hundred million dollars gave him a lot of freedom. And I think a lot of directors will try to follow suit, be like, eh, I, I can do a movie under a hundred million dollars and maybe studios are going to be more likely to give them that money, after, especially after seeing this, maybe fingers crossed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, again, like, um, like most big blockbusters have, have a super high budget because of the inflated v- v- VFX cost. Because like mm-hmm. so, so sometimes VFX are to be done until like a week before like theatrical release. Like it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. So yeah, this is a great, I I hope, I hope this definitely starts a trend and Hey, let's get this movie all in the can before we like, we know what we know what what we have. Okay. Now let's do what now let's add what we have to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So or or like, even by having like this movie edited, beforehand it avoids things like the Snyder cut right like if this movie is just the original cut from the director right off the hop and then they add cgi you won't run into situations like the Snyder cut where all of a sudden it's all chopped up and they can like change like literally the vfx looked different from like movie to movie and stuff like that so uh, yeah it, this this like, kind of avoids some
1: that. Was, some of those were like pre-existing models and stuff like yeah yeah
0: but but like since this is his movie, he's able to control what it yes. looks like from the
1: hop, yeah, for sure. Uh, which I appreciate.
0: Well, what uh, next, let's go into the soundtrack. What did you think of uh, Hans Zimmer's score?
1: I think it's one of his m- less mem- memorable ones. Okay, like, there's no themes that are like bumping with me. I'm like, oh man,
0: I uh, there was one theme that I really liked that was the uh, when the like SWAT cop military like SEALs team. Is first going to find the AI? There was like a pretty cool, like a little, uh, little tune, I guess, uh, that I really enjoyed and I appreciate. I thought the score was quite good. So, uh, this is a little bit, uh, a little tidbit that um, you might find interesting. But apparently, originally, Edwards wanted to do a score that sounded like hands a Hans Zimmer score that would have been created by like AI. And oh. he showed that, that score to Hans Zimmer and was like, what do you think of this? Like, should I use it? And Hans Zimmer was like, no, nah, I can do something better. And that's what yeah. uh, resulted in him in making this uh, this score for him. So uh, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on the score after hearing <laughs> what, it, what it could have been?
1: Uh, I mean, Aang's better than AI garbage. So, uh, like, I, 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 yeah, like I, I, I was thinking of, like, dude and, and like... Other recent Hans Zimmer scores, because like, like Hans Zimmer, yes, he kind of he has been known to re- reuse previous scores. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're that acclaimed of a composer, sure, you, you can do that. I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against you. <laughs> but like, yeah, like just listen to Pirates of the, of the Caribbean and then and then listen to Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bum, bada, 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 bada. Yeah, it's it's the same score from from Gladiator. Um. Yeah, but like, uh yeah, I think using yeah, I A- F- thought weapons t- stupid, and I'm glad that he he got Hans Zimmer to actually make it make it score. That that's that that's good.
0: Mm-hmm. So, next, why we go into acting? What did you think of the overall acting of this film?
1: Um, I I, I like John David Washington's, uh, I, I, role. He was very good. I love him as an actor. Like for between this one, Black Klansman. He's really good in Tenet as well. Um, He has been given some not good scripts. Yes. I'm thinking specifically this one in Tenet where where like, he has to explain some absolutely bonkers things Mm -hmm. that don't make sense, but he makes them make sense.
0: Yeah. I feel (laughs) as though he works better as a duo rather than a leading person. If that makes sense. Yes
1: sure because like because like in black clouds he's working off of adam Driver, um uh, adam driver and tenant he's working off of rod pattinson yeah and, and their chemistry is what makes Tenant so good
0: uh like he hasn't been in a lot of stuff by himself and i think if like he's given the right director he could do something really well yeah. but i mean gareth edwards isn't really known for his talent in making likable characters <laughs> Which is, uh, one. <coughs> yeah, exactly, especially when you see uh, Andor and, like, oh. kind of the difference in the same actor. It's obviously, like, the, the director who's the issue, not the actor, right?
1: How far so, are you in Andor now?
0: Uh, I think I'm done episode five.
1: Yes! Okay, you're making it through, finally, because, like, <laughs> Andor is so good. It's my favorite Star Wars thing, and you know how much I love The Lost Jedi and Empire Strikes Back! Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, the, the other like
0: main actor uh, who I thought did a really good job in uh, their first role is Madeline uh, Yon-Velez, uh, yes. who, who plays the, the young A.I. Elfie. I think she did really good considering she's a child. <laughs> and I think her and John David Washington did a good job of, uh, as good as they could under the circumstances of working yep. to, uh, with each other. And those are kind of like the only characters we really interact with. Like, like there's other like smaller roles throughout, but those are the kind of the main ones that we're following.
1: Allison Janney is great as pretty much Stephen True. Lang in Avatar. Yes. Like very, very similar character of like, I have one purpose and that is to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking do it. Um, you can definitely yeah. see a lot of
0: sci-fi influences in this movie. Uh, yeah. Like like Avatar, you know, like Terminator, All, all that's uh, Blade Runner. That's another big one that uh, is influenced, or that this movie is influenced by. Which you know leads me into uh, kind of the the messaging of this movie. So, I I was a little confused by the message of this. First off, (laughs) first off, uh, I think this movie is hurt by the fact that it's released right when AI is becoming such a hot topic issue. Yeah, because. Though this movie like does have some things to say about AI, ultimately it's a movie about U.S. imperialism more than AI for AI's sake. If that makes sense, And yeah, I, I think it, it, go ahead. Right.
1: It uses AI as like a as a window dressing instead of it being the main issue,
0: which I have some complaints about. Uh, <laughs> yep. 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 I I definitely think so. Synopsis: Basically, the AIs are. Uh, these like sentient beings that live among humans, they accidentally or th- there's uh, rumors, or like, it's alleged that they nuked Los Angeles and so they're kicked out of America and they're forced to live in uh, quote, New Asia, where they they live with, with the, the Asian population which again, uh, I have issues with but I'm, I'm going to get into that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, now, so my my issues is, is this. There are some interesting things. So basically, the way I see this is like there's lots of, uh, you know, things that can be tied to like apocalypse now and like sort of the critiques of the Vietnam War. But while he, like Gareth Edwards seems to be like look how bad like the West is at uh, like to like Asian countries when like they are assumed that there's like different like let's say communism uh, in Vietnam or something like that. Uh, he he seems to be wanting to do something good and like fighting against like racism, but by doing so he's very like sort of falling into Orientalism and being like all Asians are the same. And also the fact that like he's basically tying like robots to Asians just seems a little not great
1: to me. (laughs) Yep. It's a lot of, okay, I can see where you're coming from, but, oh, you excuse this bad. Like, like, the fact, like, that it's just called New Asia, when... Yeah. How am I supposed to believe that, that frickin' every single Asian country decided, yeah, we're gonna be one, like, like, if you do any history, just look at the history of <laughs> Japan. How am I supposed to leave? how am I supposed to leave? believe that Japan... Like, and China Japan was, are
0: gonna be friends? No. <laughs>
1: like, and Korea, and, like, like, cause, like... If you look at the history of Japan, they fucking hate Korea and China. Yeah, like just war crimes up the wazoo.
0: It's a very uneducated <laughs> view of like Asia.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like just just read read one history book.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So I th- that was kind of my 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 big issue. Well, I agree that you know U.S. imperialism is bad and True. It, it has uh, fucked over. Asian countries yep. to tie them all together as one homogenous group and just call them New Asia just seems a little, uh, you know, Orientalist and not really.
1: Fuck it. New Europe. New, new Africa. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, just dig. Take...
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, man. So yeah. I'll, I'll link a video. There was uh, this guy who did like an interesting sort of deep dive into uh, cyberpunk aesthetics and Orientalism. Oh, uh, which I'll you know I'll, I'll have it in the description below because I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, he's he's a, a British guy who has lived in Vietnam uh, for like a few years and stuff like that. So uh, he has an interesting perspective. Is it ca- the Cabernacle? Maybe. Is okay. he a British white guy? Yeah,
1: but he, really, he's but he's been in Vietnam for a bit. Okay. But, like. You know, he's a popular bread Tuber, Oh guess. I he, he's cool. I, I, I guess stuff.
0: Okay. Well, he did a video. Maybe, I think. I don't remember. Anyways, okay. he just did an interesting video. I, I don't like all of this stuff, but that video is interesting. Yeah. Anyways, so it definitely seems like to be, you know, critiquing the idea of uh, the U.S. as the, quote-unquote, like, world police. Yeah. Uh, and there was an interesting article that I read uh, about this movie as well from, I uh, forget which outlet was. But I'll, uh, again, I'll, I'll have it in the uh, show notes. But basically the idea that this is the first uh, post-War on Terror movie. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Post-War war on Terror. Because you you like with
0: with Biden pulling out of Afghanistan, uh, this is the first okay. movie like post-9-11 that's made that's like kind of about 9-11, right? Because yeah. like, like, you could easily see parallels to the bombing of of Los Angeles to the Twin
1: Towers, right? Oh, definitely very similar.
0: So what are your thoughts as this is, like, a post-War on Terror movie?
1: Like, I, I I get it. But, like, I feel like a lot of other movies handle, like, 9-11-esque things better.
0: Okay, yes.
1: Like, I get it. I can definitely see it. I get, yeah, because, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, they're doing missions in New Asia, but also, like, they have, like, when you think of, like, one thing of the war on terror, like, obviously you think of, like, America invading Iraq and, like, the, and, like, the false testimonies that, that they use to justify that. I mean, like, they're, 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 there, 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 there was some of that in the intro, but, like, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely have to think more about that because yeah, like,
0: like, I, I, there's definitely like this is definitely an anti-us
1: military movie oh def, like like uh, to bring back into rogue one parallels the nomad is literally the, the death star exactly Which, like yeah it, <laughs> it's, it's, not much, it's not subtle <laughs> it's not subtle at all yeah uh
0: i mean yeah and I, I think uh, Gareth Edwards does a good job of that sort of scale. I, I've heard this a lot: is that like he knows how to scale really well. Oh, Godzilla, master
1: of, of that! Exactly. I know people have complaints about Godzilla T- 2014. I get it; that movie still snaps though. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
0: this this is something I do want to discuss. So like, well, like we we both agree that this movie isn't fully about uh, AI and its role in society. I think that there are some interesting things that we can discuss about AI cuz like this movie yeah. seems to be very, you know, pro AI, right? Like uh the the good guys are seen as uh, artificial intelligent uh, beings and yep. uh first of all I just want to hear your thoughts on on that uh from this movie. Like do you think it is like a pro AI movie in its core or is it just using that as a a metaphor for the world today?
1: I uh, I think it mm. I think it's both. I think it's pro-AI, but, like, even, like, just hearing about how Gareth Edwards wanted to use an AI score for this film, I'm like, oh, that's a little... Like, part of the reason why actors are, st- are still on strike is because of AI mm-hmm. and like like, and like scanning their likeness and stuff like that. There's literally is, like an
0: ad for uh, you know you can sell your likeness to yeah, the company, right?
1: Exactly. I'm like, that's uh, too soon.
0: Uh. So this leads me into uh, something I want to discuss with you and that's like AI and Marxism. So in Marxist like contemporary thought there is somewhat of a debate about the role of artificial intelligence and Marxism. Is yeah. is AI like simply a tool of capitalism or is it something beyond capitalism? Uh, is it like uh, something that will lead to the end of capitalism is basically kind of the question. So uh, like there's like a, basically like this Marxist, qu- uh, like, like a Marx quote where he ma- makes kind of the, the argument that like each mode of production will like kind of accidentally produce something that's more advanced than the mode of production expected. And that's kind of what propels society into the next stage of, uh, of like of living. So uh, a good example of that is the crossbow. So (laughs) this is kind of like a random uh, story, but the Catholic church in like the 1300s, banned the crossbow because uh their argument against it was basically that now anyone could kill a knight yeah so like with a crossbow like a, a peasant could shoot a knight and basically that would you know be that that was too much and you know ultimately oh, yeah. it, it did uh eventually lead to the end of like a feudal and like uh like a church run uh kingdom uh kind yeah. of rule so in a way it did end up resulting in the change of economic systems so do you think or like just from my my very brief sort of uh encapsulation of this do you, what do you feel about ai do you think it, it is going to be like a just a tool of capitalists to you know put people out of work or do you think it is going to be kind of something that eventually will lead to us humans not having to work as much and uh you know putting more time into living our lives as a species being to quote marks
1: well like it's a it's the whole means of production question right like it's how is it being used for production and like because it's one of the things where, like yes like if ai could do my job then theoretically i would have to work less but also be getting paid less unless we have some sort of ubi System or just a planet economy where, like, it, it'd be helpful in some ways, but because, like, there's we, some
0: jobs that we just don't want to do if we could, like, because so uh, this is an argument that I agree with, and that's basically that AI is never going to have that sort of self realization that we're scared of because, like, in a historical materialist viewpoint. They don't have the lived experience that humans have, so they'll never be able to, you know, have our intelligence because they just can't. Right? Like, what do they do, Joseph? But but they they can't. Like so, like let's say, like if you ask like a like one of those AI prompt things to do certain tasks, they just can't conceptualize it because it doesn't exist in their brain quote-unquote right. brain so brain, like yeah. uh, like they don't have like that sort of creative aspect from like lived experience that we have but anyways uh go- going going back to uh uh like yeah the means of production definitely do matter do you have any more thoughts on that
1: not re- not really i think like, like that's just my thought is it depends on how it's being used and and how the term means of production relate to that
0: yeah Definitely more that you can read on it. I definitely recommend checking it out about like AI and Marxism because uh, it's it's quite interesting because like, uh, let's say like like the internet is another uh, sort of thing that is kind of argued to be uh, an invention that is surpassing capitalism because we are able to share information in such a fast way that capitalists can't make money off of it. Like let's say, you can download music without ever paying a person you can uh download movies without ever paying anyone right like and that like ultimately has made music companies and stuff like that lose a lot of money and it's kind of like an anti-capitalist sort of way of doing things so yeah i don't know just some interesting things that this movie made me think about which uh like like in in that sense this uh in the fact that it's pro-ai I think w- what you're getting at is that, uh, it like being pro AI doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but it m- does mean that you have to look at what the mode of production is and like who is controlling uh, the means of production, right?
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> why we get into something a little little lighter <laughs> th- th- than, my, than my Marxist thoughts? Uh, Classic. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's
1: it's <laughs> not. It's not our podcast without. You mentioning Marxist thought at least once.
0: Exactly. And hopefully that's why you tune in. We are called the Marxish Brothers Podcast. So, I mean, yeah. I have to talk about Marx a little bit. So, what? we're us back into some, you know, fun, more fun stuff. And uh, what do you think of, like, the sort of lone wolf and cub aspect of this movie?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's been done... Like, it's a trope for a reason, right? Like, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where, like, yeah, like, this is... Like the, the, the lone wolf and cub has been a a, a story motif since since stories have happened. Mm-hmm. I think it does it it does it well, especially because like they write in a way that makes sense as to how he kind of is her father anyway. Yeah, I thought like that was a neat a neat little twist. I I did,
0: I did like that aspect.
1: Yeah, I, you you usually I don't like the whole oh man the main character's been written in to be the messiah, <laughs> but like. This one, it kind of made sense where, okay, like it's, it's not far off that his partner was the AI le- leader. Mm-hmm. So it may, it, it would make sense that the baby that they conceived, like, it, 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 there's enough cr- crumbs that you can follow it and it may, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have to complain about, oh, it's. It's, also, it's not in the character I mean no, to me it, it
0: is. to me it feels <laughs> I, I liked it but also it felt like very much a rip-off of Logan because it, Logan is like a very similar Premise oh
1: yeah oh yeah because it's an AI or because like it's a artificially uh, based off of his DNA yeah. oh yeah yeah so like
0: in that sense I I like it but also it's a rip-off of Logan I think Logan does a better job of
1: it <laughs> yes Logan definitely does does do it do it, do it, do it, do it, do it better
0: so, uh, this again brings us back to kind of our critiques of Edwards, where he's not a great writer or storyteller, but he's great at shooting stuff. He is okay, he's not a bad storyteller, but I think if he could figure out how to tell a better story, him and Zack Steiner like both
1: to just be cinematographers,
0: <laughs> but like, yeah, like, like, because his shots and like, like we're saying, his scale it's amazing but his storytelling he's just like what if i take all these elements and try to turn it into something and well there are some cool things if you do, like let's say like i like, if you're watching this and you just like a, a good sci-fi action movie this will be fun you'll you'll yeah. have a good time watching this if you're yeah. looking for something like more in depth this movie isn't necessarily going to be your thing uh yeah. There are de- ass- like I said, like, like, we, I was able to make a Marxist argument from this, but uh, that's me kind of digging pretty deep.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one that I've definitely... I think my, my thoughts on it have definitely gotten worse the more I've thought about it. Okay. Like, I gave it, I think, a, a 4 out of 5 after watching it, but now I'm pretty sure the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe three and a 3.5. I don't think it's quite a quite 3, I don't, I don't, but like...
0: I, yeah. s- I still like it just because I love sci-fi I definitely oh, definitely need to rewatch it but there are definitely a lot of problems with it I think I like it more just because of the potential it has more than the actual movie that it created which is kind of sad yes. but yeah
1: yes for sure yeah there's like it's a it's a cool world even if it's a little an- an- advertently racist yeah <laughs> like I-, I think everything with nomad is super dope like, I, mm-hmm. I love that, again, like how they show it in the clouds and how they show it again from space and how that looks and, like, just super cool how it breaks through the atmosphere and, like, oh, it's just... Uh, so
0: another cool. interesting element uh, that I forgot to mention earlier that I think uh, was a unique to this movie was, like, the suicide robots that the U.S. Army used. Oh, yeah. Because I think that those were a direct sort of commentary on like the Boston dynamic robots that we're seeing currently yeah where like basically robots are only a tool to advance like a uh a police state and that's very much what the the U.S. military has kind of shown us here I thought like the idea of a suicide robot is something I've not seen before in a in a movie
1: and And, and the uh, way they do it's really really cool like they they, they almost have like expressions mm -hmm. like they're, they're like almost happy to be
0: suicide bombing yeah I thought that that was a very interesting answer. but I'll, so I'll give him I'll give him kudos for you know doing something different in, in that. Uh, so for sure. Uh, another complaint uh, I, I forgot to mention earlier was the, the flashbacks were really weird and kind of annoying because yeah. they kept on happening. What were your thoughts on like the continuation of flashbacks to like the same beach scene?
1: Yeah, I feel like flashbacks. I mean, again, it's been a a, a st- storytelling tool for a long time, and I feel like part of what makes a good flashback is not showing the same things over again. And over and over again. Like, do one and flashback and then call it well, a like, day. <laughs> you get it. They were very close and she was pregnant. <laughs> and, and, they, and they like to swing around on a beach. <laughs> and the fact that, like, it's the first scene as well. Yeah, like, just, this movie's already over 2... This movie's already at two, 2.10. You could, like... C- cut some of the flashbacks yeah. and we call it a day. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't need... Especially because, like, I mean, like, yes, cinema goers are stupid, but like, I feel like. But you also, sh- I, I don't
0: cater to them. Like, like exactly. Know.
1: You should be able to do, do, do something thinking for yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So that, that was a little frustrating to me. But uh, ultimately, I guess my my final thoughts on this movie is that it had some interesting ideas. It was a little racist. It uh, needed a script editor. Or a better writer, <laughs> but yep. but it was yep. shot beautifully and it did some amazing set pieces and uh, I would I want Gareth Edwards to work on his writing because I think he could make an amazing movie if he could it, write. It needs Tony Tony
1: G- Gilroy to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what are, what are your kind of final thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, I, I think that Gareth Edwards is still a, a good filmmaker and like. It it it, it 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 hits more than it misses but like its misses are pretty are pretty big mm-hmm like it's yeah so again i think i'd like to see him do like a superhero
0: movie i think I'd like to see him uh, do, like, a, a murder mystery. I don't know. I think that could be kind of cool. Uh, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I, 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 I'd like to see him do, like, a smaller scale movie, but, like, I, I, I just think that could be interesting. But
1: he's so good with the big visuals but, and but, but, scales. That's
0: like, why I'm but, like, oh. Like, but I'd like to see big, big visuals in a small, like, scale movie. Okay. I, I just think that could be interesting. And like, maybe help, help him with his writing a little bit, because, like... That like then he couldn't hide in his good visuals. He'd be forced to actually figure out how to write, and then maybe go back to the big visuals. I was trying
1: I, to get him to play to his strengths. Okay, I was. Try- <laughs> well,
0: I'll try to get him to play to his weaknesses, so he learns how to perfect them, and then go back to the big, uh, beautiful spectacle movies with Fine. a good script. Fine. Do do you, do you agree with
1: that now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sam's, you just need some time off. On the practice squad, you know, you just gotta exactly. You gotta build, build up,
0: and you don't, you gotta train. It's like any other uh, Exactly. anything else. You got you in Another. order to get better at things, you gotta play to your weaknesses. You can't just keep and, on playing to your strengths.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, well, uh, what what uh, what's your review on this movie? How many thumbs up do you give it? I'll
1: give it a thumb and a half. I feel like I've been do, doing that often lately, but thumb a thumb and a half is. I'll unfair. I'll give it one thumb up, one thumb down. Wait, that's that's. More negative than mine.
0: Uh, well, I, I I like it, but also I I don't know. I, I'm conflicted with this movie.
1: Yeah, I'm like I'm like a thumb, and then like a neutral thumb, thumb like at a 45 degree angle going down, like <laughs> a full thumb, not quite thumb up, thumb down, but like a thumb and then like a thumb like between up and down, uh, or, or, or between mid, mid and down.
0: That's a lot of math for a Thursday afternoon. It really is. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, why don't we get into the letterboxed game. Are, are you ready? You, y- you and Aaron didn't do good last week, so... We did not. Uh, let's Always. see if you can get it this time. Alright, number one. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Classic. Number two. Sci-fi tropes the movie. <laughs> number three. This is what your dad envisioned when you told him you are getting gauges. Number four, crazy how if you triple this movie's budget, it would still be about fifty-five to sixty million dollars under the most recent Indiana Jones movie.
1: And with number two is the one that you made up.
0: Sci-fi tropes, of the movie. Yeah, you are incorrect. Gah! I was the first one. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.
1: Uh, that was that was my my second guess because I know how much <laughs> you and I both love Batman sixty-six. It's a,
0: it's a great movie. Adam West, great Batman. All right. Yeah. Why, why don't uh, you give us a nice old recommendation?
1: Okay. So I was I'm, I'm feeling pretty sick up and down this week. So oh, like what's a good movie that I should watch when I'm sick? Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Wrong. Wrong choice. <laughs> uh, it's too sad. It's uh, if you think la, la 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 Land was depressing, no. Watch Umbrellas of Cherbourg. It's a great film. I love it. But also, I, I should have picked a different time because it. I was happy. It was, it's a musical, it's entirely, it's, it's entirely sung through. It's a, a very, it's one of the most influential films ever. It's the Jacques Demy, French New Wave, bright colors, great visuals, everything mm-hmm. sung, su- sung through, but then man, the ending hits like a ton of bricks. Fair enough, yeah. Very good, very good film though. Umbrellas The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I think it's on Criterion now, I have it on Blu-ray, so. Nice.
0: Uh, my recommendation is just the new Wes Anderson short movies on Netflix. I have uh, been watching. have you been watching any of those?
1: I have not. I really should. But.
0: They're they're pretty fun. Nothing, in my opinion, uh, spectacular, but they're just fun little distractions, and it's nice to see Wes Anderson do something, you know, a little bit more accessible and short and easy to watch. Oh,
1: yeah. Anyways,
0: that's been our episode this week. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week when we talk about something.
1: Something. Well, bye bye now.